Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of Hemel Hempstead. We wish as we do, once a week, we come out and we preach God's holy word. We come and we preach the gospel of God's saving grace. God sent his son into the world to save sinners. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that is the gospel we are commissioned as a church, as churches to preach. We pray that you'll be able to take some time this afternoon in your lunch break and hear the Word of God. The most important thing we need to hear is not so much the words of men, but what God has declared in His Word. And I want to preach from a verse that is taken in the Old Testament, looking to the coming of the Saviour Jesus Christ into the world, a well-known passage written some 700 years before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 53, and the verse 7 has declared some tremendous words for us with regards to the coming of the Saviour into the world, what he would do, how he would suffer. The Bible says the just for the unjust, that he would bring sinners unto God. And I want to declare the way of salvation this afternoon, the precious word of God as we read it. Isaiah is declaring the gospel report. He says, who hath believed our report? And there he's going to speak about the report of the gospel that God had given to the prophets of old, and then in the fullness of time, God would send forth his son, born of a woman made under the law of God. The Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want to declare some words here in Isaiah 53, and we read here in Isaiah 53. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he hath put him to grief, and thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities or their sins. My dear friends, the Bible tells us, he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. By nature we have all sinned. We've all transgressed God's laws. We've sinned all of our life. From that time even that we were born, we were born sinners. David 
tells us even of himself that he was shapen in iniquity, that he came forth from his mother's womb speaking lies. That's true of each and every one of us. Nobody needs to teach a child how to lie, how to sin. The Bible tells us that sin is in the heart of man. All from Adam and Eve are sinners. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Of course, this is not how man was originally made. The Bible says man was made upright, that man chose to rebel against his Creator. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned in the garden, and God had warned them particularly Adam. Adam, the day that thou sinnest, thou shalt surely die. But it was promised there in the Garden of Eden to Adam, our first parent, that God would send his son into the world. We're told that the seed of the woman would come and he would bruise Satan's head. It's not true to say that Adam and Eve were the first sinners. Satan sinned before they did. In fact, we're told that there was a great entourage of angels that had sinned in heaven and they were cast out. And Satan, leading in his great rebellion, took with him many fallen angels. And they are indeed now even reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. But then Satan came and deceived Adam and Eve. We have sin in the world. It's proof of it. All the problems in the world today, you don't blame God for them. It is man. Man is the source of all trouble. We read in Job, sure, as sparks fly upward, man is born unto trouble all of his days. That is because we all have, my friends, a sinful heart, a sinful nature. But God would send one into the world who would be a sin bearer, one who would bear the sin of his people. We read there in that passage there, Isaiah 53, that he shall justify many. It says because he shall bear their iniquities or their sin. There are a plethora of religions in this world. And one may ask the question, why? Well, first of all, it is plain to man to see that there is a God. You know, there, I don't believe that there is one true atheist. In fact, the Bible makes that very clear. That God has revealed that He is by the things that He has made. His invisible attributes are clearly seen by the things that are made. Indeed, we read in the scriptures that the heavens and the earth, that is, all the created order that we see, declare God and His glory. That God is a tremendous creator God, that He has made everything with intelligent design. And we are told we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
so that man is without excuse. That's why there are so many religions, because man is left in no doubt that there is a God, but there's something else. There are many religions because man knows that he is not right with God, and you look at all of those religions, they are man trying to reach up, as it were, to make himself right with a God that is offended. And that's right, we have offended God. But sadly, the religions of this world, really, my friend, they all come short. They all reduce God, put Him on a low standard, as if somehow we can, we who are sinners, appease an infinitely holy God. How is it possible? How can man be right with God? It's impossible. We have sinned. We can't pay for our past. We have a bad record. And that record cannot be erased. And we also furthermore have a bad heart. As hard as we may try, we remain sinners. You try to not sin one day. It's impossible. I'm not saying that we, we should sin. Far from it. We should not. The problem you see is we are in a desperate state as human beings. We've fallen. I hear sometimes people say, well, I'm only human. Well, that doesn't excuse it. We're all guilty. We're all guilty of many things. We come short of God's commandments. But God had promised to Adam and Eve, our first parents, there in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15, that he would send the seed of the woman, that one would be born of a woman that would not have a natural father, as it were, a, a, an earthly father, because who would come into the world would be God the Son. God would become incarnate. This is why the Bible speaks very clearly of the virgin birth. Jesus Christ was born only of a woman, conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary, was the very creator of the world. The Bible says all things were made by Him and for Him. Without Him, nothing that was made was made. Jesus Christ has made all things. John chapter 1 verse 10 says, Though He made the world, and he came into the world, and yet we're told there that the world knew him not. By and large, men rejected him despite the infallible proofs that he is God. He was able to raise the dead, heal the sick, give sight to the blind. Lepers were completely and utterly cleansed in an instant. He raised many from the dead. This is not true of other so-called prophets that have come in the world. Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. He is God the Son, God come in the flesh. And the reason was not to have an earthly kingdom. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. My friends, this world has to be destroyed. But the reason he came 
he made very plain and very clear that he would, in being the sin bearer, he would have to lay down his life after having lived a life, a sinless life. As was agreed, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit agreed that Jesus Christ would come into this world, my friends, that would be born of a certain people, that would be born of the Jews, born in Bethlehem, of the tribe of Judah, David's greater son, one who would come into this world, who would step into time, space and history. Jesus Christ would be born of a woman. He who is very God, the scriptures tell us, God was manifest in the flesh. I know it's not a word that we use very much today, manifest. It means appeared. We hear of a manifesto. Uh, the government uh, puts forth its manifesto. Well, God plainly set forth himself in the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in the Father as the Father is in me. He said he was the Son of God. He made no shame about that. And he said, I always do those things which please my Father. His whole life, indeed, was one of complete obedience, my friends. Unlike you, unlike me, unlike any other man, you can look at the religions of this world and the so-called prophets of this world. They're all sinners. But Jesus Christ was without sin, holy harmless, undefiled, my friends, separate from sinners, a wonderful person, the very creator of the world. Imagine it. This is why Paul says when he speaks of the cross of Jesus Christ in Galatians chapter 6, he says, God forbid that I should glory in anything else but the cross of our Lord Jesus. My friends, there's nothing more tremendous than to think of the eternal God that he should come into this world and that he should be suspended upon a cross that he should bear the sins of many we read here my righteous servant shall justify many for he shall bear their iniquities now I don't know who the many maybe are out here that are the Lord's people but the Lord Jesus said my sheep will hear my voice. That is the voice of Scripture, the voice of truth. He says that they will come and they will believe upon Him. My sheep hear my voice. They come unto me and I give them eternal life. Well, we may ask, what kind of people are they? Well, they know different to the people of the world. If you look at their lives, great sinners, who have done terrible things. Like the Apostle Paul, once Saul of Tarsus, even a persecutor of the church. We have other people in the Bible, great sinners, the man on the cross dying next to the Lord Jesus, a malefactor like the man next to him as well. 
that he wasn't saved. He wasn't one of the Lord's sheep, as it were. My friends, it should be plain to us, each and every one of us, that we have sinned. And uh, what will become of you, my friend? Can you possibly stand before our holy God? It's not possible for a sinner to stand before an infinitely holy God. We read in the book of the Revelation that one day everyone will stand before Almighty God and the books of judgment shall be opened up and every one of us will have to give an account of ourselves. So we read of those books that will be opened up. Those books of accountability, of course. God has on record everything that we have done. But then there is another book, we're told, that will be opened up. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And whosoever's name was written in that book shall not be judged for their sins. That is because the Lamb of God is Jesus Christ. And He shed His precious blood for them. He died for them. You see, my friends, salvation is the free gift of God in Jesus Christ. It's not something we can earn. It's not about going on some religious pilgrimage. That's not how a sinner is saved. The Bible makes so plain, so clear from cover to cover that salvation is by God. It's not by man. And of course this is a massive insult to man because he thinks he's good. He thinks he's good enough to make himself right with God. He thinks he's good anyway. And if he sin, well, it's only a little bit, he says. He says, I'm not as bad as other people. He compares himself with other men, and that's foolish. It's foolish for me to compare myself with other people, as it would be you. The standard is, my friends, God's perfection. And none of us, absolutely none of us, have acquired to God's standard. God is holy. You know, we live in a world where the world is always screaming justice, justice, justice. Well, my friend, if you want justice, you will go to hell. Yes, because that is what every sinner deserves. But God gives to some the holy, unmerited, unmerited gift of salvation through his dear son and it had to be earned you see at the cross at Calvary was a sinless man dying for the sins of his people and that had to be earned it had to be earned by his life and the debt of his people had to be paid to the very last as it were penny Sin for God's people had to be paid. And all they do now is they believe upon Him. And they're so thankful for that gift of eternal life. It's not only 
the gift of forgiveness of sins, but eternal life. My friends, this is what people in this world forget about. Your life is short here. Just perhaps 20 years, maybe, 30 years, maybe, 40 years, I don't know. But maybe you're even near the end of your life. I see many elderly people walking around. And you've seen the years pass by. And the longer you've lived, the greater sin you have amassed. But Jesus Christ, my friends, will judge all sin. And the only hope for the sinner today is Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. If you have not Christ, my friends, you have not eternal life. But my friend, the good news is Jesus Christ came to save sinners, those who feel that they are nothings and nobodies and their sin is ever before them. They're very conscious and very aware of it. He makes them to feel it and to feel their need of Him. Sometimes we sing, Let not conscience make you linger, nor a fitness fondly dream. No. Don't dream that you're fit, that you're well. Your sins, Bible tells us, they're as scarlet. But to God's people, he says, God's word, he says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. This is what God says to his people as they hear his word and as they are very conscious and heavy laden under their sin. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My friend, it's rest for the soul. There's no rest for the soul. There's no peace with God apart from His salvation in His Son. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. If a sinner is not saved, he'll be lost. We come into this world as lost, great sinners. Don't imagine that somehow God will outweigh good deeds against bad deeds. The Bible says even our righteousnesses are as filthy ranks. That is because so often when we go to do good, our righteous acts are so filled with pride we're not humble, and when we go to do something, it's not with a view to the glory of God, but to a glory of our own name. A friend, I implore you lovingly, seek the Lord. God receives sinners. Jesus said, I've not come to call the righteous, but he's come to call sinners to repentance. And the soul that truly repents and believes upon Jesus Christ has every warrant to believe that Christ died for such a soul and that they can go
to heaven the moment they die. My friend, if you do not have Christ, you will die in your sin. Jesus said that in John 8, if ye believe not that I am he that is the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, you will die in your sins. And it's not just believing about him, but it's believing in him and on him and trusting in him. Trusting not in anything else. You know, we're all, by nature, idolaters. We idolize self or someone else. But the very God who has given us life and air and breath and family and children and all these things to enjoy, we choose to ignore how folly it is, how foolish it is. My friend, God gives you every moment to breathe, to live, and to glorify His name. But what have we done? We spend our days, as Moses says, as a tale, and soon we're gone, and we fly away. Who knows, says Moses, who knows the power of God's wrath? My friend, you will experience it one day. If you live and continue to live without God, in a sense you're not living without Him. He's sustaining life. Look at the sun. Look at everything. Food. This world is amazing how God sustains it. Keeps it in its orbit. But one day we're told that the elements shall melt with fervent heat and God will come in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. That's what the scriptures say. My friends, the gospel report is this, that Christ came to save sinners. Bow before God as a sinner. Be very aware, friends, that you are a creature of time but you're also a creature of eternity. You have a never-dying soul, as I do. We'll have to give an account of our lives. The Lord Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, that is suddenly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his works. And what have our works been? Well, they've been for ourselves, ignoring God, but blessed is he that puts his trust in the Lord Jesus. My friends, we're approaching that time of year of the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We mark time by his coming into the world. 2023, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. What do you think when you open the calendar? When you look at time, when you look at all these things, we mark time by His coming. And the end of time will soon appear by His coming. And God will usher in eternity. An eternity in heaven with them that know Him and love Him and that have repented of their sins. And a lost eternity, my friends in hell with those who know him not. 
and obey not his gospel. I urge you, friend, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. There's a day he will not be found. Seek him. Do come along to the church. We're a local Bible-believing church here in Hemel Hempstead. A very simple, plain, Bible-teaching church. We meet on the corner of Lower Road and Red Lion Lane in Nash Mills. And you would receive a very warm welcome if you came along. We meet this coming Lord's Day, Sunday, at 10.30 a.m. In the morning, there's a morning service, and then there's an evening service at 6 p.m. And you'll be very welcome to come along to both those services. We also have a midweek service every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. We also have this coming Saturday Young People's Meeting, and that will be at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You'd also be welcome to come to that. I'll be out here handing out some tracts in the next few moments. If you'd like to take one, uh, please do come and take one. I see some people listening. Please do take a tract, and I'll be glad to tell you more about the wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, who came into this world to save sinners. Well, do come and do take a tract. I'll be glad to tell you more, friend. Thank you for listening.